Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to this edition of the Shoes with Biscuit podcast. Quick little monologue. I've got to explain to you that um, since we recorded this podcast with Joel at the prison, uh, things had changed. Uh, he was due to open on the 20th um, of, of June, um, but uh, things happened. Um, he was ready uh, to open. He put lots of work into being ready to open. But uh, Shropshire Council's trading standards got involved and told him that he couldn't open the prison. Um, and if he did, enforcement officers would turn up and start dishing out fines. So he, he chose not to open then, obviously, which is the right decision. Um, so uh, listen out on the uh, on the on the Facebook pages. Um, 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 Joel is very much on Facebook every day um, and he will let everybody know when the prison is due to be open. Um, but disregard anything you hear about the prison being open on the 20th of June, uh, because, like I said, things changed. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not going to edit it. I, I like keeping things organic. Um, and I want to say thank you to Joel. In fact, a huge thank you to Joel, because ever since I, I began doing podcasting, um, I, I I got I met Joel in that way, actually. Um, he was at October 1st and I said, oh, I've got a podcast. Uh, I want to cover um, the, the they had a, a tent up there with the, the scare maze. I'd love to cover it for the podcast. He's like, yeah, go in, have a look. And we did. And uh, that's how we met. And I turned up at the prison, hoping to cover one of the Halloween events. And I'm still there as an actor today. And it's because of him and, and the amazing people that work at the prison. They're like a family to me. And everyone feels the same as well. We all work well together. We all have fun. It's We're all elated when we see each other. Um, it's one of the most amazing atmospheres when we're getting ready to, to, to do Halloween events or prison break. It's always a really nice feeling. So I want to say a huge shout, shout out to everybody I've worked with at the prison and, and will continue to work with as well. You guys are like family to me and I love you very much. Anyway, I'm not going to ramble on too much about that. You've got the information you need to know. You've also got a podcast to listen to. So let's get on with it. Hit the music. Hey guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast, coming to you from uh, the Darna Prison in Shrewsbury uh, for the first time in a long time. Um, it's me and Julie. How's it going, Julie? Oh, it's going well, thank you. Yep. Yeah, um, it's nice seeing you in person. I know, first time, <laughs> isn't it? For 10 weeks. Yeah, not, not for a <laughs> Skype or Zoom screen. It's, it's really good. It's nice that we've been able to get out and about now mm. because um, Zoom and Skype were just 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 killing me they were just killing me like because uh, where we're staying right now the internet has not been great so you have to kind of uh, you know sometimes it's good sometimes it's uh, it's been bad but yeah thanks for joining us today it's really good and joining us of course is uh is is the uh the the, the don the don of the, the prison governor, <laughs> the governor. The governor. <laughs> i guess so many titles <laughs> joe campbell thanks for joining us no worries I can, I can remember being introduced once i had when we did the um uh, the comic festival a couple of uh, a couple of years ago and uh, they did the the sort of the sponsorship run into it on the Sabrina so everyone went out on the Sabrina and there's lots of different business 
business owners there and they're obviously talking about the sponsorship mm. and, and Jane was talking about the event and Charlie was talking about the event and stuff like that. And um, this guy did, did an introduction for me and it was the most amazing introduction ever. I thought I was walking on to like the Oscars or something. It just was amazing. I was like, how do I follow that? Um, hello. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, mo- most hey. of the time I just get called the governor now or that prison guy. The prison guy. <laughs> the prison guy. It's Joel, the prison guy. You've you got to own them though, haven't you? I get the biscuit guy. I got you that do. in the quarry yeah, yeah. last weekend when we, I, covered, I went and did the Black Lives Matter thing. And I was talking to the press and some guy was behind me, you, you, you're the biscuit guy. And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, you do a good job on that. I was like, <laughs> the biscuit guy. Yeah. I'm used to that now. I, I was never really sure about the governor when it, when it happened because to me it was, I always just like, just using my name of Joel. Um, but it kind of happened very naturally and very just off its own back because when I first started, I, 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 the only employees I had five years ago now were ex-prison officers. So I had... Uh, four ex-prison officers that came to work here to do the tours and because they come from a uh, they've been here for 35 years basically they've been working the service so they're all from hierarchical backgrounds yeah, yeah, yeah. and to them I was the boss mm-hmm. and because it was a prison therefore I was the governor and they used to just come into work and go morning Gov morning boss hi Gov how's it going and it just kind of stuck and there's more and more stuff started they just kind of went You're right Gov and it was just it was more of a um term of kind of I guess respect rather than anything else and then the PR company that we use picked up on it they were like hey <laughs> that's we're it you've got to be you've got to be the governor and you talk so much about different businesses and different learnings you know we should we should make everything according to the governor and it just it just kind of picked up and stuck really and there, there are worse things people can call you I <laughs> there, there, there are and they do you, you you come to a lot of our events um so yeah it, it, it does happen um and you you are do you know what you're surprisingly chipper for the year you've yeah, had, yeah. I mean, not yeah. even like like that. The, the second half of 2019 um, was, you know, it was was you know, it was turbulent for you guys. There's lots of changes being made to the mm. prison, the walls coming down, things like that. Changes being made. Yeah, it must have been terribly difficult for you. It, yeah. it was, yeah. 2019 was quite a tough year. I mean. If you're not aware, we came into this in 2015 with the premise we'd only be here for a year. Mm. So the idea, I I had this great vision of what I was going to do at Shepton Mallet Prison when it initially went up for sale in terms of taking it on, developing it into a huge tourist attraction, making it a world-class heritage attraction and very much getting it in the top 10. So when you think of heritage attractions around the world, Shepton Prison was supposed to be in that top 10. So I had a lot of passion for that. Um, It naturally migrated to Shrewsbury just, just through not being able to buy Shepton. But we were only supposed to be here for a year. So 2015, the plan was when we opened in August, be here for a year, run as a tourist attraction, move on and do something else. Mm. And and that was always the plan. And then throughout the early part of 2016, it was taking longer and longer for the developers to get planning. So they said, do you want to stay stay for another six months? So we ended up being here for 18 months. And then 18 months turned into two and a half years. And at the end of that, they went, well, actually, it's probably, you know, we're not sure if we're going to develop it now. We might say, we're not sure what we're going to do with it. So do you want to stay a little bit longer? Just stay on on an undated lease effectively. Um, So that's exactly what we've ended up with for the last couple of years. Um, It's made it very difficult to plan and invest because you don't know whether you're going to be here for three months, six months or a year. And that's really difficult for for the employees as well because they don't know what their longevity looks like. But it it did become very difficult last year in, I think it was May, um, because they took the wall down to clear the porter cabins, which was always part of the plan. Um, But the first I heard of it, 
And it, it, there was a communication issue, but the first I heard of it was one of my staff came into work and said, why is there for sale sign on the building? I was like, what? Uh. And, and I'd walked outside and between me arriving at work and the member of staff arriving, so about 45 minutes of for sale sign had gone outside. <sighs> I knew nothing about it. And I looked outside and I was like, uh-oh. Um, yeah, uh-oh. And, and, and that day I had a lot of concerned employees and I was on the phone to the owners and the agents trying to find out what was going on. And, and ultimately, yeah, the site got put up for sale. Um, and has been on the market now for the last year. So we went through all of that time. Um, but actually, we had our, our best year to date last year. Um, so through all that turmoil, we still managed to have the best year we'd ever had. We really grew, um, grew with employees, grew financially, grew in terms of the size, grew in terms of the size, of the attraction and what we were offering. Um, came into 2020 incredibly strong with real clarity of exactly what we were doing. We just... Um, uh, being classed by the BBC as the number six dark tourism destination in the world. I saw that. Mm. So we came off the back of that really strong. Everything was flying. Everyone knew exactly what they were doing. Off we go. The floods hit, which yeah. which did affect us slightly, but it affected us more in the sense of people just being able to get to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're on the top of a hill. So if, yeah. if, if Shrewsbury Prison floods... <laughs> Um, then we've we got, got bigger problems. Yeah, we've got bigger yeah. problems. Um, uh, although I say Shrewsbury, I notice you say Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's a, a debate for another day. Don't, don't, don't. Because yeah. Dee will listen to this and she'll be like, "See, told you." Because yeah. we have this debate all the time. I, 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 I don't say it's right or wrong. I just, it's just what I say. Um, and then, yeah, then COVID hit. Yeah, mm. and yeah. It's, it's been crazy. I mean, like, what, are, what are the plans? How transparent? How transparent is it when a, when a sale like this goes up for the prison? Do they do you see a lot of plans what other people have for it, or is it all like um, confidential? Have you do seen I, have you seen something that made you go, no, don't do that? Oh, yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm looking around, and our sales and marketing director Harriet is um, who's absolutely fantastic, but she's normally here to kind of keep me on on a bit of a leash to a degree because I tend to say things I'm not supposed to say, <laughs> yeah. um, and I do a lot of that on my own social media. I get lots of messages, and, and, and she's great at sort of saying no, 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 no. Um, she's not here. So she'll, she'll run down a little. Um, she, she's not here. So yeah, we did, and and, and everybody that came to view it. Um, so all the potential buyers that came to view it, I actually took them round with the agents because it's a big building. People uh. get lost, mm. um, and also because we were on site, we were able to explain about what we were doing. And yeah, it was really really tough, if I'm honest, um, because I got to I, I saw people talking about what well, we could turn that into housing. We could oh. do this into uh. housing. We do that into apartments. And, and there were some people that were really accepting of what we did and said, well, would you like to keep this part of the building and run as a tourist attraction? Would you like to buy it? If we bought the whole site, would you buy this part? If we buy the whole site, would you like to lease it? Oh, it's like breaking uh, up siblings, isn't it, it? It literally was. So there was, there was communications and it was, it was all about how are we going to make an attraction work with you know housing on the yeah. back or housing on the side? Yeah. And how's, how's the flow going to work? And, and does it have the same... Um, will we be able to return the same financial um, positioning and such like that? So there was a lot of ifs and buts. And then there were some people that looked at it and said, no, we just want to do this and we, we don't want you in the middle of it. We, we've mm. got other plans for it. We don't know what we're going to do with it, but we don't want you there. And it was kind of like, it was, it was very much, you were having people oh. pull apart your baby effectively, yeah. like something you've built for years. Um, but at the same time, that was always the expectation I had. I always knew that that was the reality. You were supposed to be here for a year, right? Yeah. yeah so I can't. I can't complain about it. I can't um, uh, whinge or moan about it. it. It is what it is, and that was always 
the potential deal. So mm. um, that was that. What about the uh, the Chinese whispers, the locals? Have you seen some things on Facebook that made you laugh? Any rumors? Like, because you know how people get hotels, the big one. Yeah, um, that's always been that's that's never been the plan for this place. Everyone straight away said because Trevor Osborne who who bought it, um, he'd bought Oxford Prison and developed say, that yeah, into a hotel, yeah. um, and that is the go-to for prison development. Yeah. I mean, you've got to remember that out of all the prisons that have been sold, not just in the UK but in Europe. Only two have actually been converted successfully, uh, Oxford into a hotel and one, I believe, in the Netherlands into a hotel. Um, lots of them have got planning for housing. None of them have done it yet. Mm. Um, so there is, there is a, a, whether that model will ever work. But yeah, the hotel's been one. Um, we've seen lots of people say it should be a, a homeless um, shelter, uh, yeah, shelter yeah, yeah. type of stuff. Mm. Um, so lots of those kind of things, which... I, I saw that. I did see that. It's really hard not to weigh in when you kind of got yeah, the business. Well, it came absolutely. up recently, didn't it? I was like, as well, oh, so you want one. to put homeless people in pr- prison? Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, 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 you've both been here for different yeah. events and tours in the it's winter. Cold. It is cold. I've um, stayed overnight, haven't I? Yeah, in the, exactly. And that's not even in the prison. That was actually over in the educational block. Yeah. And that was blooming freezing it, it, it is um, so it costs a lot and I know with Shepton when Shepton and Ridgie went on the market somebody had put a bid in to buy it there was a housing developer and wanted to build um, uh, just turn it into a housing association and effectively turn it into a housing association community right. which was absolutely fine but he was very uh, he was very open about the fact that you know once people are in there and the walls are around it it will just kind of police itself and you almost sort of looked again is this like a prison uh, with like houses this it, it could end up with a, yeah. a lot of a lot of antisocial behavior and a lot of problems because it is affecting yeah the especially if it's closed in um, sort of site so where, where where do things stand now at the moment with both prisons bearing in mind obviously covid's sort of yeah so we, well, we, we, we reopened this saturday so we reopened on the 20th um, both sites have been working really hard to, to get everything in, in order. We're actually very fortunate. I don't normally refer to luck too much. Um, I don't really believe in luck, but we're, we're fortunate in the sense of our buildings were designed for social distancing. Yeah. So uh, the landings are 10 metres wide at the narrowest point. Um, it is designed as a one-way system anyway. Yeah. It's got multiple sets of stairs. So we've got stairs that went up and stairs that went down. And that's exactly how it was used when it was a prison. Mm. So what we've really done is had to turn it back to run it more like a prison, yeah. um, which actually brings a more authentic experience for, say, for, for the visitor. Um, so that was that was quite straightforward, the social distancing part. So we've used the downtime to build more interpretation spaces, to put more signage up, mm. to put more information points up, yeah. um, to look at other events, um, other activities and things like that we're going to do and, and look more to the future. So we've secured a much longer uh, a lease agreement down in Shepton, which will see us there for a lot longer. Um, and then we're just in the process, obviously, discussing the purchase of, of, of Shrewsbury and, and what the future of that looks like. So mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, once we open, that's the key thing for us and getting the business moving again and getting yeah. people coming through. It must doors. have been flipping exhausting for you guys, though, because you just had to rearrange the whole prison when the wall came down. Now you're having to do it again. Cause <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've just seen Gary outside. Shout out to Gary. Like he, He's like... Oh. He's putting giant bits of rope up. Laura Laura and I counted it the other day. We've been been going for five years and we've had six different ticket offices. Six different points of entry um, over five years. And we moved into this new one, which we had to um, take a bit of a wall out. Yeah, we saw that. um, Which used to be an original door. Um, So we just basically put the original door back in. and yeah, yeah, we all turned and looked at each other afterwards and, and the feeling was, can we just stay here now? Can we not do this again? Because mm. it's, it, it, it's over and over and over. So um, 
but yeah, it's looking really good. We're really pleased with where we've put the... It's actually helped a little bit because I, I know that we've looked at the space that we're now in for the ticket office and we've looked at that old doorway that used to be there and we've said to ourselves a few times, if only we put that door back in, it'll probably make everything so much simpler. And, and COVID has forced us to do that yeah. because of the way it's... it's, it's um, we need to do the social distancing. So we're really pleased with how that now looks. And the entrance, I think, coming in through prison reception is just a natural yeah. flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it looks great. What other things have you been forced to do because of COVID that you perhaps wouldn't have done? That's a good question. Um, what have we been forced to do? I, I think we've, we've done things that we wouldn't have thought of doing, but I don't think we've done anything that we wouldn't have done anyway, if that makes sense. So, yep. for example, things like hand sanitizers. It's not something we wouldn't have done. We just wouldn't have thought about doing it. We've got 28 hand-washing stations across the site, effectively. Um, and I don't think we'd have just naturally put those in. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, it just kind of made sense. And yeah, of course it does. you sort of looked at it from yeah. a hygiene perspective, you kind of... I think everything that happened with COVID was that you must wash your hands regularly. Uh. And actually, I know that people will find it really tough to begin with because their, their knuckles were bleeding and cracked and stuff and they washed their hands so much. And you sort of took a step back on why don't we just do this anyway? So there was, there was, there was stuff like that. Um, I think putting the arrows down, because we never used to have arrows, we do everything through visitor's guides. Again, have just naturally kind of made, that makes more sense now mm. as, as the attraction sort yeah. of flows. So there's a few things like that yeah. um, that we've done. So I don't think there's anything specifically. The, the one thing that I, I don't like is having the ticket office, having the employees behind a screen. Mm. Because I just feel that's quite impersonable. Yeah. And we're a very customer-driven organization. Our customer service is fantastic. The way we engage with customers mm. is yeah. really kind of what sets us apart, I think. Um, and having the screen, it, it, it's just a, an additional barrier that out of choice we, we wouldn't, you wouldn't have, have to. That. Yeah, exactly. Um, you guys yeah. have had that interactive sort of thing. You know, you got Stacey out there. All right, guys, line up. You yeah. Know, playing the role, uh, making it seem as authentic as possible. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, we're, we're very conversational. So if you talk about it from, uh, for example, a, a selling perspective, you might go to some uh, businesses or attractions. They're very much trying to sell you a ticket or sell you a mm. membership. We don't. What we do is we just talk to you about what we do what we have to offer what you're going to see what you're going to learn and it's what i tend to call conversational selling is you know we tell you exactly what you're going to experience and you make the decision as to whether you want to do it or yeah. whether you don't want to do it we're just there to provide you with yes. the information um but once you've been on a guided tour uh, yeah no just yeah, totally i was chatting to um, i was chatting to the, the one of the caretakers at uh, the parade the other day shout out to nick he was there I was like, oh, we're going to the prison tomorrow. And he was like, oh, I've been there for a tour. It was great. Yeah. I'll never yeah. forget that. It was fantastic. You know, it does leave uh, a good memory. It's one of those things yeah. you don't forget, mm. you know. It gives you a lot of history as well for people like locally that have never been in here <laughs> for the wrong reasons, but just even generally. But talking about numbers and coming back in, obviously, with the process that you've set up, um, are you going to work this now on a numbers game coming through? Bearing in mind, obviously, it's a huge site. And you've got all of your directional, you know, signage and directional arrows. Directional, directional arrows. Arrows. Yeah. arrows, arrows. <laughs> um, are you still going to have to sort of like manage the numbers to try and help with that social distance in any way? Yes, we will to a, to a degree. We have put a limit of how many people on site at any one time. We've, we've set that limit at 250. Now, yeah. realistically, 
we'd love to go, you know, to get yeah. to that limit as soon as we open the doors. Um, we'd love to be a prime arc where people are queuing out the doors at yeah. 6.30 <laughs> in the morning. I think the reality is that's not going to happen. I think what we're going to see, and, and I know Mike from Stop Coffee Cafe was saying this the other day um, on, a, on a call that was on with him, that you know, he's in the same position. I think a lot of businesses are. It's going to be quite a slow process yeah. to getting customers back, and I think we'll be exactly the same. So I don't think we'll get anywhere near that number in terms of, you know, going, mm-hmm. oh, actually, we have to hold people outside until, you know, one in, one out. I don't see that happening. The challenge for us is that we could realistically have a thousand people on the site yeah. and not have any issues with social distancing. It's whether it's kind of how they arrive and how long they take yep. through the flow. Um, so we, we kept the number low because we looked at it. We did lots of assessments, lots of risk assessments, lots of um, looking at different areas where it might slow down, where it might speed up, how people will move around the building. Um, there's no real crossover points and such like that because mm-hmm. the landings are circular. One set stairs up, one set stairs down. <clears throat> So in that sense, we, we looked at it and we said, you know, we'll stick with that figure. That's a really safe, easy number for mm. us to manage. Yeah. It's really good for our, for our visitors. Um, it works really well for our employees. And we'll start building that. And again, we, we don't expect to be hitting those numbers. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind, when we're in the full flight of summer, um, yeah, before I was we say closed. Summer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we could, we could easily see sort of a thousand people a day. And they normally tend to come in two waves. Yeah. Um, we normally find them in the morning. So sort of between when we open from 10 to 11 30 ish that kind of hour period and then we would normally see sort of a 1 30 to 3 the after lunch kind of period and those would be t- our two big entry points yeah. times yeah um, and julie you asked a good uh, a good thing with lauren earlier are you guys going to be booking only or can you pay oh, yeah. it when you come in mm. no we'll do pay on the door as well i mean we have got a booking system obviously we try and promote people to book tickets as much as we can um especially if you come on a self-guided tour because it's cheaper if you buy if you pre-buy your tickets on a self-guided tour yeah so for example an adult ticket um, is £10 for a self-guided tour it's £5 for a child but if you do it on site I think it's £15 for an adult and £9 for a yeah. child so it is, it's about £9 uh-huh. more for an adult and a child on the day yeah um than it is to pre-book so we always advise pre-booking but for us the process again is very straightforward it's you know we're gonna we're gonna book you into a system we're gonna um, put everything up onto the till and then you're gonna pay ideally via contactless yes. if you want to pay by cash you can do but we've got a booth is you saw when you came in perspex screen with a small like letter box uh, and basically people put their money through yeah. like you would see it's in like, a bank or like old a post, post office, office. Yeah, yeah like an old post office <laughs> um and again our staff will be handling money with um, uh, with gloves and such like that and we'll we'll i think people generally now are very accustomed to paying via mm. um contactless and paying by yeah. card rather than by cash um mm. what i love about you joel is your positivity you know like you've had one problem then you've had another problem and then another problem but like you keep in touch with people that follow you on your stories on on social media and then even when all this was in its height you were like okay well we'll do some stuff online then facebook live in the prison and i was watching i was at work yeah, for one been night so successful hasn't it? yeah I, I was at work it was very quiet i had my phone i was scrolling as i did i was 15 minutes and i saw it. i was like oh left it in the corner on and i was watching the numbers go up people watching all around the world just watching like cameras just just looking yeah. for ghosts and things. Oh, the nighttime lives. Yeah, yeah the nighttime yeah, so lives. Yeah, yeah, so we've. Yeah, do you know what? And I've been trying to do this. And again, I, there's some real blessings I think that COVID have brought forward to lots of different businesses, to lots of people. Obviously, lots of lots lots of problems, but. Um, it, it, the lives was something I I knew I wanted to do something. I've been saying for years, 
we should do a fly-on-the-wall TV show. So kind of like the call centre used to be in, uh, with the call centre in Wales and stuff like that. Because the things that happen here, and you, you've both seen it, you've both been part yep. of it. The things that happen sort of behind the scenes just makes such good TV, such uh, good watching. Tiger um, King in the yeah, prison. <laughs> that's literally what, what Paige, um, one of our, our team said to me the other day, she's like, oh, it'd be like Tiger King. Um, but it was, um, it, it is like that. And it is, there's so much that sort of happens. There's so many personalities. So when we started doing the lives and we really had to get our heads around, how do we do this, but still social distancing? And it was a case of Lauren and I both had to be here at the same time to do checks together. So we kind of went, well, do you know what? If we just stay for two extra hours we can do this and we can make it work. Um, so yeah, we did that and it, and it was, it was yeah, incredibly popular and we carried on doing it. And we're, we're not, Laura and I certainly are not particular ghost hunters. We both sit on the fence. No. Stacey uh. really gets it a lot more than us. So we didn't actually think it'd be that popular because it's just us just chatting yeah, yeah. really and then going off and, and checking out different areas. And then this weekend, We've got five people coming to join us. Five people have been watching. So yeah, we ran a yeah, competition last yeah. week, so they're coming. I yeah. saw the video. <laughs> 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 so so we, 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 we've been talking about this again for a little while. We're saying, oh, when, when we come out of lockdown, we'll invite some, some of you guys to come in and do this with us. And um, Normally we have lots of paranormal companies in, but obviously they're not in at the moment. So we said, we'll invite some of you into it to do it with us. And we weren't sure how we were going to do it because how do you pick from mm. you know, a thousand people? Yeah. How do you pick yeah. four or five people? Um, so I think it was Lauren came up with this crazy idea. Hey, let's get them to do impressions of us. Um, that that was a, that was a mad mistake. So like, yeah, we'll get we'll get um, people doing impressions of us and send them in. And and I, I felt so bullied. <laughs> all, these, all these all these things came in. All these different impressions and photos and images and stuff like that of people pretending to be us. And they were all so it was they were all so accurate. It reminds me of uh, when um, you and Lauren did impressions of each other. That's, she, that's, that's how she got to it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was so funny. And, that, and that was, again, purely by chance. It was Halloween, so we have a lot of fun. And, and when you were saying earlier about the positivity that I have, it's, it's not always the case. I, I do have moments where I, I can be quite difficult, I think, and, and my staff will certainly say that, the employees will certainly say that, that you know, we have a lot of fun and we have a very positive outlook in the way we do things, but we do expect results from, from yeah, our employees. Yeah. Um, so there is a bit of pressure in there. But one of the things we do is every year for Halloween, we um, every, every single member of, uh, of every employee dresses up um, for the day and, yeah. and they wear whatever they do for the day. And there was one year, two years ago, where I decided it would be really funny if I came as Lauren <laughs> and she decided it would be really funny if she came as me. And we just both turned up on the same day and looked at each other and was like, no, I can't, I can't believe this. <laughs> to the extent that we'd even drawn each other's tattoos on ourselves and stuff like That's that. so funny. Um, but she was amazing. She got me so spot on. Um, yeah, and when, and when I think when somebody copies you and they get you so accurately, you kind of look and go, wow, that's amazing how accurately they've got. And then you look and go, oh my God, am I really like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment though, yeah. I think, stuff the, like that. The, 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 uh, my example of that was when I, you remember when I was growing my hair out for charity? Yeah. I did all that. Um, and for some, I didn't realise, but I looked to spit an image of Matt Berry from uh, the IT crowd. <laughs> Papa! <laughs> and everybody just kept sharing these memes of Matt Berry. I was like, shh. Uh, you were saying about the live stuff and that um, and what you guys have done because one of the things that I think a lot of people won't do stuff like what you ended up doing because obviously it doesn't pay because all your live stuff yeah. it's just free isn't it yeah. nobody's had to pay to watch the yeah. night time or the daytime. Um, and I guess in the five people that are coming in obviously yeah. they're just coming in so yeah. 
I think the fact that you've, you, what you're doing is obviously it's that build-up, isn't it, to gen- keeping the interest there of the prison, keeping the excitement going, so that people, when as soon as you're open, actually then want to physically come and have a look themselves and see. Whereas there'll be a lot of businesses that'll be quite blinkered to, well, unless I can earn from that, I'm not going to do it. And I think that's what does make you yeah. different in terms of, like you say, the yeah, whole, yeah. you know, said the whole positivity about how you generate things and how you think, think right, okay, so yeah, it's a right pain, <laughs> but how are we going to get out of this challenge? It's, and what we're going to do? It's inspired me, though. It really has. Like, there's not, not just yourself, but there's lots of people that have done that. They've ah. just evolved. I've said it along, along, you know, throughout the whole COVID thing, like. Uh, the online initiatives made me sit up because, like, I well, you you'll attest to this. I thought that it was the end of the world and oh, all this happened. We, no, but you got we, 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 we put together a mobile studio. And we were going to buy a marquee. We were going to hit like the the flower show festivals. We were about mm-hmm. to get out there, and then it all just stopped. And I was kind of like, what do we do now? And it's because of like things I saw that you were doing, yeah. uh, Cat Merrick with a uh, uh, yoga, all, yeah. the, all the things that the people yeah, were doing. Joe Wicks. Yeah, that's yeah the PE yeah. thing. I was yeah. just kind of okay. Let's let's take it a different approach. So you, you that's inspiring what you do. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think it's a really good point. And and to be honest, that's probably. Um, I mean, I could talk about prison stuff all day, the history and the yeah. tours and everything we do. And and I've learned a lot. And I've been on on the tours for hundreds and hundreds of hours. I've spent on tours, and yeah. I still learn new mm. things every day that I speak to the tour guys. Even today, in the, in the one who visits that Graham did, I'm still learning new things. Um, but when it comes to business and the way businesses work and the way they run and they operate and that outlook, that's that's probably my real sweet spot. That's what I really understand very well i'm a true entrepreneur in the purest sense of the word that's you know what i do in the way i am is exactly the definition of an entrepreneur and um without being too sort of big-headed about it i'm exceptionally good at it and when it came down to looking at what we were going to do in the downtime a lot of our staff were furloughed um, we have a huge amount of costs still every month mm. in terms of the of the buildings I mean it costs us thousands tens of thousands of pounds we've lost over the last few months with with no support so we were looking at it and I was looking going what can we do and I just knew that we were struggling financially as a business I knew our employees were struggling financially as individuals I knew my family were I knew my friends were um, I, I knew we were to a degree ourselves so I could see and I just I, I just could recognize that it wasn't a time to try and get money off people it wasn't a time to say hey you know spend some money with us and mm. I could see other charities and other attractions turning around saying we're going to go under unless you support us donate to us donate to us yeah. donate to us it's like this is not the time to be asking for money now is the time to give to people mm. um, and that was the ethos and there is obviously the idea that you know people will see it and then they'll want to visit absolutely but for me it was kind of a case of it was around the ethos that we still go with which is really providing value to people mm. and that's what we what we try and do every single day I try and do that through the social media videos I do on my own channel around businesses and growth and about supporting uh, new entrepreneurs um, and just bringing value to them and we try and do exactly the same thing as a business with every business mm. that we own is bringing value in whatever sense it is so for us, the lives were kind of a natural mm. way of doing it. And I think that was very much the thing with the lives with Graham that we do with Officer Goodwin on a Wednesday morning where he spends an hour in a certain area and he just talks about that area in terms of how it runs as a prison and does live Q&A. Um, and that was all about, mm. yeah, we're not even going to even 
thinking about charging for it wasn't even a consideration. I can imagine um, Graham taking that to that like fish to water. He's just uh, so brilliant. <laughs> the, the first one was really difficult. Um, I, I, he found it actually quite hard, I think, and he would admit it himself. Well, if not, I've just shopped him. Um, but <laughs> but, he, but he, he, he found it quite hard because he's so used to delivering tours to groups of people. Yeah. yeah. So to suddenly be delivering a tour with a microphone to a camera yeah. where he's actually, and I was saying, Graham, you're delivering to a thousand people, not 32. And he was like, yeah, but to me, there's only a camera. Yeah. Um, so and and so we had to kind of get that feel right, and by week two it was yeah literally like you say duck to water it was mm-hmm. it was it was bouncing off oh. very nice, and we'll continue to do those. We'll probably change the timings of them. Um, yeah. We we're discussing that earlier well, because lots of people watch them at the moment because no one's at work. Yeah, um, but yeah. we noticed the numbers were slightly down today compared to normal because some people are back at work. Yes, yeah. Course, yeah. Um, we see the odd comment coming through. I've just snuck in on, on my lunch break. I've just snuck in on my break to watch this. So we might move those to an early evening. Um, but I think they've been really good for education as well. Those were, those were designed to target families and children because we do huge amounts of educational tours with schools and colleges and universities, mm. which have all stopped. Mm. Um, having two kids myself, and, and you'll appreciate this, homeschooling is obviously a, a new thing for a lot of people. Um, so we said, actually, do you know what? We can do this and people can tune in and they can see it and they can ask questions. We get some brilliant questions from, from you know, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds um, they're fantastic so those have been a lot of fun yeah fantastic uh. and I guess it's filled a hole as well because like you said the the ghost hunting YouTube channels the most haunted things that aren't coming around which is great exposure for you you know and then Coronation Street were here a while back you know yeah. all these things are great exposure and they're just not happening anymore yeah. so you're like yeah. we'll do it ourselves yeah, yeah and, it, and, it, and it is it is a case of that and I also think there's the other aspects and I, I, I've been promising to do a video on my own channel for, for a couple of days now which I'm going to shoot later which is all about how employees are feeling and returning to work because a lot of people are now very used to being at home yeah. getting paid 80% which is obviously only 80% salaries but actually when you take off petrol and people going out to coffee shops yeah, and bars exactly. and restaurants yeah. a lot of people actually are finding they might even be slightly better off mm. and they're at home the whole time exactly. yeah. um, now they're being told they've got to return to work <laughs> It's, hold on a second, what? Yeah. Like, what, what, do you, what do you mean I've got to go to work? Have I really got to go back? Oh, like it reminds that. me so, of um, Ice Age. This is my hole. Yeah. I've been yeah, yeah, this yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to do a video on kind of the psychology behind where I think that, that looks for an employee and where it looks for an employer. And I, I do believe there is a ratio of um, employees that will not want to return to work. Uh-huh. Um, and that's generally based on sort of my own experience. Um, and looking at other businesses and speak to other yeah. business owners. Well, my wife works for Enterprise. She's been working from home. She's running her own little office at home, the yeah. phones and the computers and stuff. And I was saying, like, you know, she's she's hard at it with, uh, I don't know, um, what's that show, um, Do Not Declare, whatever it is on the TV when they come for airports. You know, she watches all that crap on TV while she's working, but her productivity is high. She's yeah. working constantly, like... Do we need offices? Do we need? I to- think there'll be more home workers. There, will. And I, I, I was chatting to my brother-in-law who works for a um, uh, a rather large broadcasting corporation um, <laughs> that has, may may or may not have a license fee involved. Um, and I know he was saying he's he's a he's a producer. I know he was saying that he's found so much more productivity from working at home in his office purely because when he's wandering around he doesn't get caught into the same conversations he might do and he was finding nearly an hour a day extra in terms of productivity and he turned around and said I never thought homework was a thing but if I'd realised I'd get this much done I'd have done this ages ago and he's like and and, and I think you know a lot of companies are going to make that move to 
more flexible working yeah. yeah i think probably what stopped companies before in the past is is a whole trust element of yeah, like you know what what is that member of staff doing whilst they're, they're at home, home i can't see them Judy. Yeah. yeah and now because they've been forced into it and those staff are being more productive yeah exactly def- yeah. Don't two ways about it i think yeah you're, you're right i think there'll be a, and that'll be a huge saving for a lot of companies where they might not have to have buildings and and as well rent you know, you know electric a huge shout out to the, the parents out there that have been doing distance <laughs> learning or homeschooling whilst doing their job yeah whilst making the lunch whilst doing the dishes whilst doing the laundry all at the same time big shout out to those guys if you're yeah. one of those parents well done you know, yeah because it is a I smile because we do that every day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my kids are homeschooled you do it, you, you, well, you my, do it Proper, don't you? Because well, that's that we yeah. had quite, we had, um, quite early on, didn't we? One mm. of the first um, sort of Zoom interviews we did was with a teacher, a teacher yeah. and a mum yeah. who was trying to do obviously the equivalent of what teachers do at school. And one of the very first things the teacher picked us up, or the head teacher picked up on, was it's not homeschooling. What parents are doing is not homeschooling, which you know, and obviously we understood because we know what you do with your two. Yeah. And what she could, yeah, she called it like distance, distance learning. Distance learning. Uh, what you do is homeschooling because you do it properly. Proper. Let's, let's clarify. My wife does. Oh most yeah, Emma. I'm going to say. I always say Emma gets. Ni- Emma does 98 percent of the of the home education yeah, yeah. side. Of I, if I did that, I would be. I'll be like. So there were five different Robins that were attached to Batman. Okay, <laughs> but, see, but see, that's it, and I, and I think that's that's where people. Um, I think that's where people get probably slightly confused, but also where they beat themselves up is they look at it as homeschooling uh-huh. and it's not, no. it's home education yeah. Yeah. and school and education are two very, very different yeah, things. When yeah. you, when you think about it, I don't want to get too deep into it because you'll you set me off, but um, the schooling system hasn't really changed in the last 30 years. But no. if you think about the change that we've seen in our lifetime yeah. in the last 30 years, I mean, just the internet alone and mobile phones. Mm. And, I mean, if somebody had told you 20 years ago, that in 20 years you'll be wandering around with this device that can do all these things, you'd yeah. say, that's crazy. Um, and home education is about just learning everything. It's about learning about life and yeah. everything they learn along. I, mean, my I appreciate children, that so much. My children really get um, uh, monetary financials. And that's because they, they, they've grown up with me running businesses. They've seen me doing the banking on a weekly basis. My eldest has been there counting out 20 pound notes, filling in, paying in slips. She understands economics yeah. in the sense of the money comes from the customers. It gets counted. It goes into the bank. We use that to pay the bills. We use it to pay the staff. What's left over is the profits. Yeah. We can get paid from some of that. And it goes back into building the business. Yeah. And she understands if people don't come through the door, there is no money yeah and um, your yeah. kids your kids are great kids as well i mean i've met them they're so sociable they're so yeah, they polite are, yeah. and friendly yeah. and it's just wow it's great they got no inhibitions though have they in terms <laughs> of like the sort of stuff that would normally be transferred no they don't and, and i think and again i can only speak from my own experience and and, and obviously what, what i sort of see in here but um i think school does it i dislike school for what it, it kind of fundamentally instills in people is it teaches children to do as you're told, sit there. If you want to ask a question, raise your hand and wait until we come to you. It teaches you to do homework, which is something I really disagree with because the idea is that you've 
you've done your day at work and now you go home, you're going to do it again. And what that does is it instills a behavior. So when you go to work for somebody in the future, you're going to work during a day and then you're going to go home and work for them again in your own time. And and I don't think that homework should exist any more than I think teachers should be expected to go back from their day at work and grade in the the evenings. That sort of stuff shouldn't happen. One of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite shows, Rick and Morty, is uh, where Rick is like, he's a scientist and he's like, uh, school's for dumb people. And I'm like, it's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But it it is hard because, you know, I know we had to build our lives around how we would home educate. And I've I've got employees here that I know would like to home educate and they can see the benefits and they say to me we just can't afford to I'm like look you you will find if you want to do it you will find a way to make it work yeah. and, um, sometimes that kind of change is, is needed but mm. yeah um, so I was going to say you're talking about obviously you, you know you've seen less people perhaps coming in on some of the lives because people are going back to work etc yeah. so talking about people starting to go back to work because obviously there's all these different stage dates isn't there for mm-hmm. different groups or different types of businesses going back what have you already started thinking about now what the rest of the year could look like right up till christmas yeah bearing in mind obviously we get different you know we get government updates you know daily and things change weekly and monthly as to how people can operate but have you already started thinking about that yeah so i've actually planned up till the end of uh 2022 um so we've planned sort of a a good couple of years in advance because it's just how i have to and because obviously i'm looking to buy the jail i have to very much think about the financial positioning of it how the growth's going to work and the developments and such like that so um, and we have looked at that. I mean, we have to use uh, laid out models. We have to use theory of what we think it's going to look like, best guessing what's going to happen. Mm. Sometimes we get it really right. Sometimes we get it really wrong. Um, so it, 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 it's trying to analyse that. I think that what we've what we've planned very much is that the first couple of weeks, so we open on Saturday, the expectation is the first couple of weeks is going to be very slow. It's going to be very quiet. I don't know, um, though. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, we're going to Dudley Zoo for Father's Day this weekend. Yeah. Right? It's the first weekend they're open, but they, they're only selling so many p- tickets a mm-hmm. day. But I feel like people have been cooped up. They've been cooped uh. up, and they're going to want to go places. I mean, I don't know if that people in Shrewsbury are going to want to go further afield. Let's get out of Shrewsbury for a bit. Or the people from Yorkshire might want to come to Shrewsbury and have a look at a prison, uh. and maybe they've watched Shawshank and got it ingrained. I, I, don't think, I think you're right to a degree. I think and there was a stat that came out earlier this week after the, the shops opened on Monday saying 80% of people are still not confident to yeah. go out. And yeah. I think that's it. It's uh. all about the uh. confidence. And that's not necessarily the confidence in what they're going to do. It's how other people are going to respond. And I've got to be honest, even watching people drive... You're kind of driving around going wow they've really forgotten how to drive in the last yeah. oh, weeks. yes, no, no, yeah, don't yes. so i have been working for <laughs> the whole thing right my the worst day for me driving back because uh, i drive back and to from telford is monday morning monday morning drivers are just beep they're the worst right and uh when when covid first kicked in i was like oh my god the roads are so empty it was yeah. glorious i was just and then uh, when everything started getting relaxed they were back you know, yeah. there's the angry cash car driver behind you waving, go faster. You know, it's, it, was, uh, it was. But interestingly, I mean, some businesses have really suffered. I mean, we've really suffered, and a lot of businesses have. Some businesses have absolutely thrived under yeah. COVID. For example, um, uh, distribution. Uh, so, distribution companies yeah. have thrived because the downtime from traffic jams. Yep. Is just it's just mm. gone because there's yeah. no cars on the road. So trucks have been able to get to the destinations yeah. quicker. So they're using less fuel. It's more efficient. They can mm. get around quicker. So those industries have actually thrived. Yeah. Um, there's a few that have and a few that haven't. But I guess back to terms of planning. So we're not expecting to be overly busy the first couple of weeks. I think it will start building up from 
the beginning of July. I think the 4th, 5th of July, where the idea is that all businesses can reopen, yeah. pubs, uh, hairdressers, barbers, those kind of things, um, will start to reopen. And we'll, we may even see the, the distancing will reduce to a metre. I think that will then suddenly start making people go out a bit Gives people more space, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think there will be a psychological piece once we hit the 18th of July, which is when the summer holidays would have started. Yeah. Parents will be kind of like, hey, we're in summer holiday mode now. Mm. There's that kind of shift. Um, so I think that will then pick back up. But we're not expecting to see the numbers. I mean, we've we've taken about 40% of our numbers and just bin them and we've just gone that's just going to go and that's if and we're still going to have to spend the same amount of marketing we're still going to have to put in the same level of effort if not greater just to get 60% of what what we Mm. would normally have been getting Um, and then again we do do lots of school tours um, so I think those won't probably come back until the back end of um, October, November time after the um, Halloween half term as we like to call it Um, and I still don't think those will really kick back until January because again getting people here on coaches and stuff like that the coach trips will be harder because the space space is physically getting people here on those those kind of trips productions um, have got a new guideline that they have to follow that's that's a little bit trickier for them that's what I was going to um, ask about that I was going to say like you know big shout out to our acting family our Dana yeah. family you know um, immersive events guys and uh, you know people like Scare Track and people that really thrive for those sort of uh, the Halloween mm. events that you put on have you got any idea what you're going to do then? I was just like we'll yeah, do all that no we, we know what we're doing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got a plan you're yeah. actually doing something yeah uh, well we, we might I don't know if we're going to do something for Halloween this year it's a discussion with we're still having and realistic we need to get something out soon if we are because uh, this year well last year and, and potentially this year we were certainly going to let the paranormal groups have the site mm-hmm. to do paranormal investigations um, but we have as you mentioned there immersive events which is the event company that I own um, we have got a future plan for that which is we've not announced yet but it is in place and it's all ready to go um, and again the same with the, with the prison so there is uh, certainly discussions we've had around that in terms of we know I miss it so so much we didn't do it this year (laughs) or last year sorry should I say 2019 we didn't do anything so everybody was just kind of like you know it's that that picture of um um, what's his name Pablo Escobar you know sort of wandering around his house empty you know I think I managed to get one prison break in before lockdown yeah. and then I was going through my diary and I think no oh, this one I won't be doing that one and I won't be doing that one I was crossing them all out yeah well, prison break's <laughs> another great event I mean uh, prison break's been fantastic it's, it's, it's a brilliant event everyone loves it it's normally really well subscribed it normally sort of waiting lists on it um, that will start back in July it starts the third weekend of July but it's going to have vastly reduced numbers yeah, um, just because of the nature of yeah. it. Um, and it won't really get back to its kind of full numbers till August, September sort of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the bottom line is we don't, our expectation is to get our business back to where it was by February. Yeah. Okay. So we're sort of thinking, you know, somewhere between six and eight months yeah. just to get the business back to where it was mm-hmm. yeah. is, is the reality. And then we've got to go forward. And for us, as for a lot of businesses, that's a huge hit. I mean, it's cost us. So it's, um, I did an interview a couple of days ago and somebody asked me what the financial hit was. It's from closing on the 22nd of March to what will be the 20th of June. And it's cost us £76,000 um, just to stay closed. Um, and that's, that's what we've physically spent out of the bank um, just to keep our business alive. Yeah, um, obviously, the staff are furloughed, so that gets paid by the government. Yeah. Um, and, and renovations and things like well, that. Well, that's separate. I mean, that's, the £76,000 is money we have to pay 
every single month uh, over those three months. That doesn't include money that we've lost through refunding yeah. customers because we refunded everybody. It doesn't include money that we've lost from not having bookings, um, where mm. bookings have been cancelled and stuff like that. I mean, that runs into the hundreds of thousands now. Oh, um, and and we're, we're not in a position to get any support. So we've not had anything, any government grants or anything like that. So we're very much, we're one of those businesses that's fallen through every single crack along the way yeah um, mm. which is which has made it quite difficult but like I say we're not we're not an organization that whinges and moans about it we just get on with it and we go do you know what it is what it is Do yeah it yeah, is what exactly. it is and you know thank thankfully we put ourselves in a position where we had enough reserves in the bank um, to to be able to, to take us through this time lots of businesses unfortunately aren't in that position so yeah, yeah I'm we- wondering if a lot more people you know were saying about like with summer holidays and that coming up um, because obviously there's going to be less people going abroad this year. Well, yeah, more staycations. Probably won't yeah. be anybody going abroad this year. <laughs> and with Wales still not letting anybody in, or yeah. Scotland. And I, I was reading something the other day, um, and it's linked to the tourism in Shropshire, obviously, of telling people more and more people about Shropshire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, visit Shropshire. Um, yeah, and because yeah. obviously we're right next to Wales, so, you know, right on the border there, that if we can get more and more people to come into the county and visit during the summer holidays that could be an opportunity because obviously if you're one of those major tourist attractions in the county that's open you know following yeah, all the you, you know, so you, I, I think you know you have you been in cahoots with like the other tourist attractions in Shrewsbury not, as well not so much other tourist attractions I mean there aren't really that many other tourist attractions really, in yeah. Shrewsbury no. um, there's obviously the castle which we, we speak to the council about and, and, and sort of throwing ideas around there but that's obviously got the, the regimental museum and the flax mill won't open until next year yep. yeah. um, so that's not fully yeah. open and, and that would be great when they do because we, we've got lots of plans to do work with them there's obviously Sabrina yeah. Um, yeah. and obviously the, the um, museum in terms of when they have different events and that's kind of really it I mean you've got loads of attractions in Shropshire, however, with Ironbridge and Attingham Park yeah. and um, uh, Blist Hill and all those all those great mm. museums. So there's lots to do in Shropshire, mm. and we work very closely with Visit Shropshire um, in terms of what they do in terms of promoting it as a tourism destination. We're very closely with the bids in what they do in terms yeah. of Shrewsbury um, and such like that. So we're very much part of that parcel, especially because we are the largest. Um, attraction in Shrewsbury we bring the highest volume of visitors in yeah. um, per year we, we contribute hundreds of thousands into the economy um, through the visitors that come through for, for our attractions such that so we're, we're very closely connected with that and I think that's a, a really key point is more people will stay in the UK and I think Brexit was going to probably drive that anyway mm. because there is it, the costs were are going to go up to go into Europe yeah. because of us leaving Europe there yeah. will be people that don't want to travel to Europe mm. because they don't want to be part of Europe and those that do are going to find the costs increase so I think there will naturally be more staycations and therefore it is actually we can all do what we always talk about which is we've got so many beautiful places so many great places in the UK that you potentially never yeah. go to because you never go anywhere else on your doorstep, do you? Yeah. You always travel yeah. miles away. Yeah, exactly. You never go to attractions. and You can you can see that. If you wander around Shrewsbury or Shepton Mallet or the local areas and sort of ask if you've been to prison, I know it's there, but I haven't been yet. Yeah. Because on your doorstep, you just don't do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, th- I think that's going to be really key. And, um, and Shrewsbury's so unique in a way as well. You know, it's Not every um, town is laid out the way Shrewsbury is. 
it's very scenic I mean I work with a lot of Americans with a lot of the shows I do and if I'm ever like walking around and I'm facetiming people like they're like wow show me that building Tom uh, from the other show I do he's like show me that building what's that over there they're just amazed with that how what you know how it things I bet if Americans saw the street layout of Shrewsbury they'd have a heart attack (laughs) hold on a sec how do do you get huge cars on those things (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine a big Cadillac going up Fish Street well I know we've taken the prison van we took um, we took a ping pong table up to the um, uh, to the guys in the, in the back of Shrewsbury at the Prince Rupert because they've they've the guys at Prince Rupert um, housed all the homeless people yeah, from yeah, Shrewsbury yeah. and um, Mike Matthews was asking if anyone could could had like pool tables or football tables and we had those just here just, mm. just lying around in the wings so we said yeah that's fine um, we'll even bring it up so Graham and I and Lauren we got the ping pong table into the back of the prison van drove up in the prison van um, drove through the tiny back streets of the Prince Rupert oh, wow. watched watch some, some of the guys that have a bit of a heart attack going oh god not again boss not again it is yeah, yeah. But I, I, I've watched some of the guys that are staying in the Prince Rupert going oh not again boss don't want to get in the van again with the prison van turning up and then, <laughs> then let them have the pool table uh, let them have the tables but yeah it was um, letting them obviously like I say uh, be able to do that and then get in the van through the tight lanes yeah because um, yeah. that's the, the promotional aspect of the van as well being oh, out and about yeah. I mean obviously yeah. that's you know, obviously that's gone with a lot of the festivals all going, you know, yeah, when you absolutely. guys are normally at those, aren't you? Yeah, we've, so. we've, taken, we've taken the tax off it um, yeah. uh, and stuff like that because it was just, they're due for renewal and obviously we would have done all the Shropshire festivals, yep. we do Ludlow, mm. um, we do RF Cosford, we go to Birmingham to the NEC, I think four or five shows a year, we do a number of shows down in Somerset, so the van's out all the time. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it very much is that, it's, it's rather than us buy a marquee, we were like, no, we'll just buy a prison van. It's, yeah. it's more fitting. And people love it. And it's great. And it, and it showcases the attraction away from the attraction. Yeah. Um, but yes, it, it, you know, that, that business has been hit hard. I mean, again, being festival owners um, or festival operators, I think, and, and outdoor exhibition operators is a really tough market yeah. at the moment. They're, yeah, they're yeah. I mean, a big shout out to, to Beth. I mean, she's had difficult times, Beth Heath. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they've got the drive-in. And they've got the drive-in. drive-in. I know that's. Festival. I mean, that is amazing, good, isn't it? Yeah. The, obviously, on yeah. the West Mid Showground. I've got my so. tickets. Hope you go. It's sold out now. Sold and, out. And, yeah. and Beth and her team. I mean, Beth is fantastic. She's so passionate and driven, and so oh. good at what they do. Um, and we we love working with Beth. We always love going to their festivals because yeah, they're yeah. just so they're yeah. so easy fun. to do things with. They're so much fun. They're so forward thinking. Um, I'd love to get them to do more stuff here in the prison mm. because they really they're far better than we are. For example, at operating large festivals is mm. what they do. Um, and we'd love to see some of those happening inside the jail. Imagine an October fest that Beth does oh, mixed in the yeah, prison yeah. with us doing a screen park <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> it's got to happen one time. It's got to. I mean, even uh, if you just <laughs> that's gonna that would. Be Even if you just had like a site A and a site B, you know, yeah. you know that'd be amazing. Yeah. Do it. You, you do would it. have to keep <laughs> drinking away from the screen park, though. No, the, no, the <laughs> two the two can float together. But I think I think it, I think it would work. I mean, yeah, you pick what they do in the quarry, put it inside the jail, mix oh, it with what yeah. we do as a screen park. It's a huge. Event. I don't know, man. When we when the first year I did Prison Break, when he had me in, running around in this room actually as the Irish chef. It was nice when people could come and sit and drink a beer and I could poke fun at them and then the, the guard would walk in and they'd have to hide their pints underneath the table and stuff because they weren't allowed beer. That was so much fun. I think we just scripted you as a chef. You put in the Irish. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm going to be an Irish chef. Like, no, no, no. 
Yeah, maybe. I, was saying, I was saying the other day when, when Alex was doing his live that he, he always sticks a rider in whenever he acts with us. That the part of his rider is he wants to be able to wear a dress. Yes. The dress we have. Um, and he, he has to have script content. He needs to be able to, you know, he's like, he's like Robert Downey Jr. He wants to be able to just add all the things. It reminds me of that um, little Britain. I write the theme tune, sing yeah, the yeah. theme tune. <laughs> hey, we let you do it, man. You're, you're great. We love, we love having you guys to, to do that. Uh, and do you know what? I do have to say a huge thank you to, to you and everybody else at Immersive Events. You know, I mean, me and yeah. Julie doing the show because of me nervously. What I mean, I always make a joke out of how I first met you, and it's uh, at the at Oktoberfest actually. And I was like, I've got a podcast, and you had the tent out there. He's like, Yeah, go on, go and have a look. And then afterwards, we, we we hooked up, and I was originally I was meant to come here and just cover it for the podcast. But I was like, I like I like what you guys are doing, and I carried on. I carried on being a zombie, and then next Aww. year got incorporated into more things. And I didn't know anybody in Shrewsbury. I knew no one. I just moved up here, and I immediately had a room full of friends, and it was nice. And even to this day, me and Shane, uh, who's still part of the show, yeah. um, we're, we're tight, me and Julie, uh, Siobhan, uh, everybody at the immersive events are just a big part of my life. So, you know, it's, it's, I, it, no, thank you. And, and to be honest, that's how we, that's how we've recruited a lot of our staff. I mean, L- Lauren, who's um, she's a real story of uh, success. I, I I think she's a real story of success in the sense of Lauren started with us in 2016. She came to us originally in 2015 as a zombie, as as did Stacey actually, and a few others. But Lauren was a zombie. Um, uh, in our very first lockdown event, and she wasn't there out of choice necessarily. It was part of her um, uh, college program. She was an events uh, okay. marketing student, an events student, and we we're working with um, the college. And they said, "Well, we've got six students, so they're going to go down and do this as part of it. They have to come and act." So Lauren was one of our zombies, um, very quiet, very shy. And then we needed to recruit more staff. And the college said, the, the lecturer said, "Well, you should look at look at putting Lauren forward. She'd be great." And she came and joined us. Worked in the ticket office. And then she worked in the ticket office for a while, and then she started doing um, more bits and more bits and more bits and taking more responsibility and more responsibility. And then the op- opportunity came up to run a different prison. Um, and I said, hey, Lauren, would you like to leave Telford, move to Gloucester, run a jail, here's your keys. She's like, what? Um, so she did that, did that very successfully. And then we were like, hey, come back and run our, run our main site, um, which is what she did. She does a fantastic job. She does a, what I would love to do. Uh, I've always wanted to do, but it's, it's always finding the right uh, tone to do it. Was to get like behind the scenes interviews and things when we're getting ready for like it. You know, oh, for the, the events, yeah. Because we always have so much fun when, yeah, when yeah. everybody's getting dressed up and everybody's like we hadn't seen each other for weeks. We're all catching up. That atmosphere before we go out and smash it on the scare parks. It's always great to, I'd love to capture that, but I think me walking around with a microphone would just kill it a little bit, you know? It's, it's hard to capture that. I mean, you could do like a Facebook Live. You'd, but certainly, you, have to you be, could. you'd certainly have to edit out some of the swearing. Yeah, yeah you quite, would. Quite, yeah. Quite, you might have to perhaps yeah. do it for you, Suck, rather than the biscuit. You could cut it out, but I think that would work really well. I think you're yeah. absolutely right, and that's what I was saying about the, the, the concept I have for what I call life behind bars, which is one of the mm. main hashtags we use, mm-hmm. is very much that, is seeing what happens behind the scenes. Firstly, because it's good TV, it's interesting, it's yeah. exciting, yeah, yeah, yeah. with such a different style of organization we're so forward thinking the way we do we have very little boundaries i really let every employee kind of run as much as they can um and i don't put too much um restraints around them so they've got a lot of freedom and flexibility to grow into their own roles and create their own roles so we're quite forward thinking like that as an organization the behind the scenes stuff that happens here is 
is mm. just crazy because of the nature of our business and the conversations we just have just on a daily basis where you're doing oh, I've just got to go and, and, and paint the cell or I've got to go and move these bars or I've got to go do this and, you know wandering around with mannequins all over but it, it's just is like nothing else and like you say when we're doing behind the scenes of the screen parks when we're building the screen parks and there's people getting ready as zombies there's people yeah, getting ready as clowns people getting ready cool. as doctors and yeah. we're doing prison break people dressing up as prisoners and prison officers and and <laughs> all the conversations I know quite where's regularly. my brain gone yeah, brain yeah. Down yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see yeah. my cornflakes um, and, 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 um, and it's those kind of things it's like this blood's really tasty it's like yeah. jelly and stuff. so don't eat it that's not the edible blood that's the edible blood um, has anyone seen my eyeball yeah, um, yeah. those kind of things but it, it's, it's all the other bits as well I know quite regularly when I have conversations with people I'm on the phone people ring me and I'm in the wing and I walk out I say oh, sorry I'm just walking out of prison and they're like what? Huh. Like, <laughs> quite regularly I speak to people and even now everyone still sort of laughs about it and to me it's very casual I, I remember very. I'll give you this one very quickly when I first took over the jail I was on social media and talking about it and my mum was sharing it and somebody that lives in the village come from a very small village 400 people and um, one of my mum's friends sent her a message and said I'm really sorry to hear about Joel I hope everything's okay if there's anything I can do to help let us know um, you know and, and, and everything will be fine don't worry everything will be fine my mum was like what? What are you talking about? What's happened, Josh? Well, you know, I'd heard he, he'd gone to prison and you know, to, 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 to know we're here to support him. My mum was like, no, no, he's not gone to prison. He's taken over a prison. Like, oh, I thought he'd been sent to prison. And when my mum told me, I was, she was in hysterics. I thought, hold on a second. What do people think of me? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, the, the irony of it again. I always knew he'd do it. I always <laughs> well, and that's the irony of it. I was doing it on my, um, on my weekly show on Join Joel. Um, which is Thursday night's eight o'clock. Um, yeah, <laughs> but on my, on my weekly show, I was talking about it and somebody was asking me about my school life and whether, because of the way I, I found school, whether that was part of the reason for home educating children. And, and I pulled out my yearbook and it is, you know, I was one of those students that was most likely to go to jail. Like, <laughs> I would either succeed or go to jail. But it wasn't a case of succeed by going to jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, the irony of that, I guess. Um, I love what you what you guys do. You've got a very close, um, you know. I, I I don't know. It's hard to explain my relationship with this place, but just being here now just feels nice, well, doesn't it? It feels like being, well, you get, you get connected. You kind of you you when uh, Chrissy, who's um, our operations director, so she's she's basically my right hand. She's not here at the moment. Um, she's obviously off uh, with with um, uh, because of COVID, not with COVID. Um, and we said to each other very early on, she starts about six weeks into the journey, um, five years ago, and we said to each other very early on, it's really important we don't fall in love with this building. Yeah. We don't fall in yeah. love with this site because we know we're yeah. going to leave in a year. And bit by bit, we kind of both fell in love with it. And then it came <laughs> to the point of going, oh my God. And, and now we're talking about buying it and we're in the... What's happening? Um, we're in the sort of the latter stages of, of getting to a point of purchasing it, and COVID has really derailed that process. Yeah, I mean, we, we were absolutely that that money that I was talking about is being spent. That is a big chunk of the deposit to go into buying the place. Yeah. Um, so we have got a lot of rebuilding to do, and we don't have a lot of time to do it because you know the owners will want to sell it. So if somebody else comes yeah. in to buy it, you know it, it's got to be a quick process for us, mm. and that puts us under a lot of pressure. And when you talk about um, business owners taking risks and you look at Elon Musk right at the top of the world and sort of, um, you know, mm. and he will say, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you've got to take risks. And, you know, you, you do. And that's something we need to calculate now. But you do fall in love with the building. And I think that's, you know, exactly what you guys have experienced is what a lot of our employees experience. And that's why 
the not knowing exactly how long we'd be here type of stuff kind of goes to the back of your mind because mm. you fall in love with it. Mm. But because of that, you become so passionate about it yeah, that yeah. when people visit, yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're a tour guide or whether you're a, a CSA at the front of the house being the first person or the cleaner or whether you're an actor or whether you're up in the office, you're so connected and in love with it, that passion comes across to the visitors. Yeah. And the visitors fall in love with it as well. <laughs> it reminds me of like the, um, we're watching the American office at the moment, me and the wife, and yeah. you fall in love with those characters yeah, as do, quirky yeah. and, and yeah. oddball as they are. I mean, like, for example, I was watching uh, Matt Johnson doing his live music. You know, he's, he's a big part mm-hmm. of, he's been here and yeah. he's acted with us. And he was Slicer when I was the, yeah. the butcher, yeah. right? Yeah. And we... As he was as he was doing his live music, I was just writing meat in capital letters and he's trying not to laugh while he's playing his music because he knows. And that's... you create those friendships, don't you? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and those those things. And you know, I'm very proud. If even if it all ended tomorrow, um, which it might do if people don't turn up on Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> um, even if, even if it all ended tomorrow, I would still be extremely proud of all the hundreds of thousands of people that have come through, the the people that we've seen, the, the kids that we've seen, they're literally already in court being told, if you're in front of me again, you're going to prison. Those kids that are coming here and going on tours and learning about what prison mm. life's like and, and hopefully it's changing their lives and they're doing something good, yeah, good and making yeah. the change. All the way through to, we've got people that are now engaged to be married, that met here, yeah. people that proposed here, mm. people are planning weddings here and and... We haven't necessarily made that happen, but we because of us being here, that's where they yeah, met and that's where they've kind of come together. I mean, I mean, yeah. Three fifths, yeah, three fifths yeah, of the biscuit is uh, people that met yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it is. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's nice to bring people together. And I guess, because I don't, I don't know how long you've got, but that's kind of the future for the place. I mean, I don't know if you want me to... Harriet's not here, so I can talk a little bit about our plan. We can go a little bit longer it. if you want to talk about, about what's, what your well, I, vision I, is. I, 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 yeah, I'll, t- I'll give you the sort of the vision of what we want to do in, in the prison and also as a slightly wider spectrum for our companies because, like I say, that's that's what I do. Is I'm very entrepreneurial-led, so the prison is a huge piece of what we do. It's one of our businesses, one of five, um, in, obviously here and, and Shepton Mallet. Um, but the plan is very much to take the historical parts and utilise or, or further develop that, I should say, into a heritage-led attraction. You've seen some interpretation spaces today. We've got another 12 interpretation spaces to be built, which is all prison through the ages, showing different prison mm. prison times through the ages, through different cells, through a journey there. We've got a huge prison museum about to be developed um, Lots of things. This entire restaurant here is, is due to be converted. The roof's supposed to come out. There's a big atrium on top with these lovely sets of bars across. Wow. Just lets in loads of natural wow. daylight. We're going to put a big glass door across there. So you'll be able to see onto Sea Wing for a lovely outside space. And we'll marquee it in the winter. So for events and weddings and parties Perfect. and birthdays and stuff like that, it'll be huge. Mm. Um, the back part of the site we haven't completely decided on. So what's Lots visits, of space chapel, there, visits, chapel, yeah. sports hall, workshops. We, we will absolutely have and we'll probably utilise that along with the outside space for events exhibitions festivals and stuff like that education is going to become a fully dedicated event activity space nice so downstairs will house a number of escape rooms that aren't in the cells um, it will have our laser maze so a new new laser maze we'll have things like the angel and axe throwing which we do and the upstairs is going to be a permanent horror ghost 
walk through tour and that will be very family friendly during the day and scale up in the evenings for adults and at Halloween Uh, Um, and then we've got so much space along the front in terms of offices I mean we've got nearly a thousand rooms um, including the South we've got loads of rooms so I've developed something called the business incubation hub which is where we take entrepreneurs so people that have um, people that want to start businesses or are just starting businesses or have the idea of wanting to start a business podcasts and yeah and any business at all and it doesn't it, it you don't even have to be looking at it going well this I'm going to turn this into millions and millions of pounds. If you just want to have it as a lifestyle business, I this is what I want to do. I just want it to make you know turn over fifty thousand pounds a year and make twelve thousand pounds so I can live, and that's what I want to do. And the incubation hub basically supports those entrepreneurs to achieve their nice. goals, um, rather than us go, no, Alex, come and do your podcast, but we've got to make it three. We've got to make it a Joe. Um, a Joe Rogan kind of podcast has got to be, you know, turning 10 million a year. We don't do that. It's about using your goals and, 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 and targeting at your goals and, and, and supporting you through that and basically helping you not make the same mistakes that I made that got me into tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt I had to then claw my way back out of. And then something you're going to love, um, which is something called the Social Media Hub, which nice. is a, a working name where basically we're going to do... Um, again, we're going to kind of nurture and work with people and have... Almost kind of like, um, not quite seminars, but but a similar sort of style where people can come and learn Workshops. about social media. Yeah, yeah. learn about I'll social media. I'll be booking on one of them. <laughs> learn about all different types of social media: Facebook, Twitter, oh. Instagram, yeah, TikTok, Snapchat, um, yeah. and and start sharing it. And the beauty of doing it here is we can do lots of connecting with people. We're connected to a, a number of really high-profile influencers that can come and give real advice and, and real knowledge. But also, because we're in a prison, yeah. we can bring people from that seminar into the site and they can get really good, juicy content in a really nice setting and start sharing it and showcasing it. So This is so yeah. exciting. This is so so those, those, those are the things that will happen in, in Shrewsbury, um, inside the prison. Very innovative. Very innovative. Yeah. 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 And, and more being, is there going to be more being done with the Georgian prison on Yeah, it, and again, it's, it's another piece. We want to rip everything out from underneath, all the new modern stuff, so all mm-hmm. the heating systems, all the piping, get all of that out because that's all the heating systems of Victorian prison, get all the boiler houses out so it's basically empty again and get it back to how it originally looked Brilliant. as a Georgian prison. Yeah. Um, all of this is on the scale of obviously being able to being able to buy, buy the building. Yeah. So that's something we're working very closely with the, the owners of and, and making sure we can get an agreement that's suitable for both parties. But ultimately, financing it is is, is the key thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Buying prisons doesn't come cheap, unfortunately. No. <laughs> no. But like you say, you know, you got it's it, it sort of, you was, you was on sort of like going down a really strong route with that. Uh, and we'd, obviously, we'd, COVID we'd, sort we'd, of like... We'd have signed the agreement. Yeah, if COVID hadn't have hit... We probably would have exchanged and completed last month. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. Sorry. But you know, the plus side of it is this probably sounds awful to other businesses, but other people will also be in the same boat. Oh, d- d- so, we're not unique. So we, you're yeah, on a absolutely. You're, you're back on that same playing field. Yeah, like we're, we're, we're not unique easier. at all um, in yeah. that sense. I mean, I think we probably uh, we are one of those businesses. Unfortunately, it's just slipped through the cracks. Um, and we, we haven't had the support that a number of other businesses have had and we've got a huge amount of cost and we have a huge amount of responsibility yeah. in terms of the heritage and, and, and looking after the heritage assets um, because that's what we do is we, we look after them to share and showcase to people. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not unique in that sense and you know, I'm, very, I'm very grateful that we planned so well over the last 
12 to 18 months of looking to buy the jail. So what I did was I ensured that all of our reserves were being built up. So we had the deposit money, we had the investment to be able to put into the prison purchase. Um, and ultimately that's what we've used to survive yeah, yeah. Yeah. the last three, four yeah. months. Um, and like with every business now, we're all in the same boat. And, I, and I, it, it doesn't matter whether you're a small independent one person market stall or a small shop or whether you're a huge conglomerate everyone just needs people back through the yeah. doors so like yeah. when soon as um uh, you know you want people to get in touch with you uh, you know to work with you with these spaces i guess but you've got to wait for that green light i guess yeah. uh, or do to, you want people to get in touch with you now yeah no no people can get in touch now i think that's that's how things happen i mean i certainly know that when i started this business i was tens of thousands of pounds in debt and I didn't have a platform and I hadn't sold a single ticket. I had nothing in place. I had no staff, but I signed the agreement on the lease and just started moving forwards because I knew it would work. Um, so now I think, you know, get in touch now. Why, why wait? Nice. Um, okay. Because it will just, it will just move. Um, and the, the easiest way to get in touch with us is, is through our website, shrewsbyprison.com. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the easiest. Or social media. I mean, we're all over social media. Yeah. For yeah, tell Shrewsbury people, tell people about, I mean, if you're not already aware, I mean, there's a lot of, <laughs> our show's small in comparison to your social media, yeah, but yeah. I mean, uh, tell people about your social media and how they can find you. Uh, so Shrewsbury Prison is, is, is the Shrewsbury site. Shepton Mallet Prison is the Shepton site. Um, and that's the same across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those are the three core ones that we use for the prisons. If it's me personally, then it's um, set according to the governor. Um, again, again, through the through the usual um, uh, channels. Those are the common ones we use: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and you've got your you've got your thing at the weekends. The the live. The yeah, live so that that streams through the Shrewsbury channel. And we share it out to the others because yeah. um, predominantly is. I would love to come and uh, just see that. Just to, just to we did we did talk about inviting. Yeah, you. yeah. It was it was it was a very quick. <laughs> we did have the conversation about inviting you in but because you've been here so much and you've seen it you've yeah. experienced it yeah, now yeah. we thought John, you know let's bring people that have never seen it before yeah exactly and the problem is as well at the moment getting the, the pop box type interviews doesn't really work well social distancing at the moment yeah. um, no. but we, we'll have to do something sometime even with the USUC stuff you know because I'll bet some of the our Amer- American listeners would love to see what goes on in a British prison oh, it's, it's, it's amazing I, I still even today, doing doing the live with Graham, I still kind of look at. It, I'm like, wow, you know, it was just this this idea I had. It's, I couldn't even call it a dream. It was an idea, and I had this vision for it. And I'm all about the journey rather than a destination. And the journey has just been so much fun, yeah, and that's yeah. why I can keep a positive look on it. Because even if we went bankrupt tomorrow, and I lost the business, and I lost my house, and everything anywhere. with stuff, it. Yeah. I'll still be able to turn around and smile to the fact of all the good things we've done, yeah. all the fun we've had, yeah. um, and all the things we've created. And life is about a journey. Um, Joel, you are an inspiration, uh, and I love what you do. I love the I love what you've done for me personally, and to everybody in the town. You know, you you are running something that's very close to Shrewsbury's heritage, and I, I really do hope you get the prison because I'd hate for this to become a travel oh, lodge or some, <laughs> some <laughs> think about <laughs> yeah, another have, set of houses. Have you got any other questions, Julie? Before we sign? Uh, no, my only other one was asking was wanted to ask about the Georgian prison side of it, but obviously you've answered yeah, that. No, so it's, it's coming as part of the purchase, yeah. but yeah, yeah. it'll be. No, I definitely am interested to hear about your future your future plans as soon as yeah. they start you know they sound really exciting yeah, fantastic thank you very much for for letting us come here today and do no this worries, uh, i'm looking forward to uh to getting back to my my, my wig and my makeup on as soon as we can well <laughs> if you haven't been to shrewsbury prison or even if you have been come come and visit because we, yeah. we we love to see you and we love to share and showcase the history and the heritage that is 
prison life. And I've yeah. got to say, it's looking fantastic. We noticed as soon as we No, yeah, in. the difference is at the front and that, so... Yeah, it's but. very good. Um, guys, uh, make sure you check out our website uh, where all our audio is housed. It's uh, www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk and that's lovingly made for our friends at Web Orchard. Thank you very much for that, guys. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, our email is uh, shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Julie. Pleasure. Yeah, and we'll catch you guys next time. Take care. Cool. Thank you.